Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Hello, Andy. Ooh, deep, deep slope. I love it. Thank you very much for that. that I will never have a deep voice. I will always sound like a Muppet, Andy. You know this, but I'll try my best. <laughs> as long as you're trying, that's that's what's the most important here. Um, and I appreciate the effort. So. <laughs> But it's a good it's a good way to get us started on the show. It's been it's been a few weeks, Patrick, and I appreciate you joining me, uh, joining us in a conversation about design today. Yeah, it's good to be back off vacation, Andy. You have to take a vacation every once in a while, right? Every once in a while, yeah. Even even podcasters need a vacation from podcasting. Yeah, it's true. It's well, today, uh, dear Patrick. Like a dear listener, we have an exciting um, episode lined up. We have a great guest, and I want to welcome onto the show Michael Chaplin. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good. How are y'all? We're great. Doing well. doing well. Very excited. Better now that you're on the podcast. Yes. I'm really excited to be here. It's very weird hearing your voices and seeing your faces because I listen to the podcast. And I haven't seen your faces in a long time, so this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So um, we're, we're really excited to have you on and to to hear some of your wisdom, um, some design wisdom. So thanks for joining us. And uh, how about before we get started with the topic, you just kind of let us know uh, what it is you're, you're up to. Let us know where you're working, what you're working on. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when I met both of you, I was a baby designer, um, and I interviewed at Canopy, um, and I'm pretty sure I bombed. You say I didn't, but it felt like a bomb. That's okay, because I got a really great internship after that. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, I used to live out in Salt Lake City, and I've been back in Nebraska, where I grew up, in Omaha. For, I've been here since February of 2018. Um, so initially moved back just to be closer to family and uh, had a job at Nelnet, uh, which if you owe student loans, you might know the name. Um, <laughs> but I actually yeah. got to work on like a K through 12 student information system there of a company that they bought. Um, and so that was really fun. It was like a 20 year old piece of software uh, and I was the first designer to ever touch it. So challenging, but also like made UX really easy because uh, a small improvement felt massive on that old software. Um, so did that for two years. And then uh, for the last two years, I started in February of 2020 at a company in Omaha called Flywheel, um, which was bought by a competitor in Austin called WP Engine, same product space, um, but it's managed WordPress hosting. and so. For the last two years, I've been kind of like on a, it's almost like a startup inside the company working on a product called Growth Suite. And yeah, it's been really fun building that product out the last couple of years. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of nice to be, I think it'd be really nice to work at a startup, like a startup feel, but with actual like, you know, funding where you know you're not like <laughs> always on edge. You're like, oh, we're going to have jobs and then the next month. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Yes, it's very stable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good yeah. way to go, because yeah, 
and then you get like the you get the camaraderie you get to like work in a tight-knit team um, but not have to worry about <laughs> Patrick said <laughs> not have to worry about uh, your job not lasting very long so yeah I think it's the best of both worlds right there very cool indeed indeed awesome so Patrick should we jump into our topic let's do let's do this topic now we're gonna we're gonna keep we're gonna ask we're gonna ask Michael here you don't know what this topic is right no I'm coming in blind okay see people don't believe us people think this is all planned this is not planned this is real (laughs) yeah it's it's not planned (laughs) We were way, I think I've said this before, we're far too lazy to actually <laughs> um, pick the topics we want to do, do any research on those topics. Uh, yeah, we're not that involved. <laughs> so. Uh, so today's topic actually comes in from an anonymous listener. Uh, so this one should be pretty interesting. Um, it says, I have always been a bit of a gold digger when it comes to my career. How do I find true love? <laughs> Does it even exist? If I am already in a loveless career, is it too late to fall in love with my current job? <laughs> so this is, I, I'd assume they're talking about design. They wrote into a design podcast, so I don't think they're talking about, <laughs> I don't know, doing sales or something like that. I think they're talking about design, and so they are gold diggers, gold digging designers, essentially. Okay. So, so they... Yeah, well, go ahead, Michael. So they they found themselves in the tech space, and they're like, there's money here. So I, I'm mm-hmm. doing this job, but I'm not sure I love it. Is that the, is that the framing of the question? I think so, yeah. <laughs> and and if they're already in this career, is it too late to fall in love with it? Should they just should they leave it, or should they actually stay and try to fall in love? <laughs> should they keep, keep the marriage alive, or should they leave? <laughs> Oh man. Well, if they're if, yeah, if they're in if they're in user experience design or user experience, right, or product design or whatever it is, like why wouldn't they be in love with it? This is a freaking great. It's a great career path. I I don't know. I'm gonna ask both of you. Do you guys you get you you guys are in UX, right? Do yeah. you love your jobs? Do you love UX? I do love my job, but sometimes I don't love going to work. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I feel that UX is like creative and technical enough for me to enjoy it on a daily basis. Um, but you know, there's some weeks that are harder than others. Depends on where we're at and the company and the culture and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as like. I don't know. I think what's cool about being a UX designer or being like uh, an engineer, even like in the tech space, you can after a period of time, you get enough experience. You can kind of like choose the problem space you might want to end up in. You might not get it, but like you do have some autonomy to be like, oh, I'm really passionate about crypto or sustainability or whatever, which is really funny to put those in the same sentence, but um, (laughs) uh, you can kind of like, you know, choose eventually and find some cool problem spaces uh, if you like need that sort of thing to feel passionate about your job. Um, But as far as like, if you're just doing the job and it's not fulfilling you, like you might, I don't think it's ever too late to change fields um, if that's the question, but yeah. I, I love that answer. So I think a key word that I took out of that was fulfillment. Are you getting something out of your job other than just getting money? <laughs> like this person, they're, they're a gold digger. They're getting money for sure, right? <laughs> Which is always great. But 
it sounds like they're getting into the job and not really loving it because maybe and this is a total assumption on my part but maybe they're not getting fulfilled with the job and if you're not getting fulfilled is it because you're not working in the right space like is it the wrong industry um not being the tech industry but not like the right like product i guess that you're working on is that something that would interest you more um i wonder if that's a big question that this person should ask themselves um or is it just the whole process of of design itself that that is the thing that they love essentially um that's a big question right but i I think that's a really good point you put uh fulfillment are they getting fulfillment out of the job or not yeah i think i think because it it starts the the job itself doesn't necessarily change depending on where you're at right so yeah that'd be the first question is like did i get into ux design and want to do something else and i don't like ux design and ux design is not I mean, I've met people that are more visual, graphic design minded, right? And UX design itself doesn't really scratch the itch that they're looking for. Um, and I think a lot of those people did get into it from like a money standpoint because they know, you know, being a graphic designer is not like you can make more money in UX, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of people have gotten into it that way. That's how I started, but um, I fell in love with it too. So like. I think I think the next thing was what Michael was talking about is is finding the 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 niche that you want because there's so many because with software like literally it touches every other industry. So if you yeah. like if you have a passion about trucking, like if that's your passion, um then like there's there's some software places that you can work that do, you know, manage trucking things like uh, if you want to go into like freaking rocket science, you could do that. I mean, literally anything. Like, I love accounting. Like, I have a deep passion for accounting, so I went to an accounting company, um, which I don't. I don't care. Like, I don't have a deep passion about accounting. So I'm just being, <laughs> it's being a liar. Okay. <laughs> um, but then, but that, but see, that's the same thing. Like, I feel really fulfilled where I'm at because of the company I'm at, not necessarily the vertical that we're in. Um, so, like. I meant, you know, I work at a startup and I really like the startup environment. Um, I really like the ability of a small team and building a small team and working together in a small team. Um, but some people really would rather work it at more of a corporate environment, right? Where there's more support that way. They can take maybe more vacation time. They, um, you know, then there's also our day and age now where it's like, do you want to work remote? Is that, is that really, is that, is that where you want to work? Do you want to like move to France and work for a company in the United States? Do you like, there's that kind of flexibility too. So I think there's so many questions to ask yourself as a, as an individual, like starting with that top one, like is UX design what I want? What's the, what's some verticals that I want to be in? What's that space? Uh, how do I want to work? Do I want to work from home? Do I like working from an office? Do I like, like, what's that environment? And then also like how much security do I need in the job, right? If, if you're like, if you, you know, if you need a lot of security, if you're, if, if you don't need that much security, then startup's probably a good option and it'd be fun for you. If you want that kind of security, then, you know, maybe somewhere else. So there's, there's so much there to digest and figure out which one of those things or which combination of those things will be fulfilling to you. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like you, especially in UX, like, you have to be passionate about what you're working on. And so, 
you know, you can, you, sometimes you have to find the passion. I had to find some passion in, in the accounting world, but I think one of the cool things is, is as a UX designer, you're solving problems, right? And I think that's like the best part is you're just always like solving problems. And if you like to solve problems, then you should be happy, even if you're a gold digger. <laughs> this is true. I don't know. This is true. <laughs> have um, you, have you, Andy, have you worked in a space that, that you didn't like? I'll, I'll ask this both of you guys, both of you. Did you guys ever work in a space that you didn't like, but you found, you found a way to like it? So when I, my very first job at a college uh, for me, I, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. And I, I was thinking I might go into marketing. I might go into, I don't know, some sort of communications career. Cause that's what I studied in college communications. And my first job out of college was a marketing job but it was actually a marketing slash graphic design job. So I, I had some design there, some like creativity, which I didn't study at all. I didn't really know how to do too much, but I somehow managed to pull, pull off a job doing that or getting hired to do a job doing that. And then there was the marketing side. And I, I quickly realized I didn't like marketing. I didn't like staring at numbers and kind of playing a game of like, like, I don't know, let's, give this this banner ad some more money because it's not doing as well. I'm going to expand its reach and stuff like that. I just found that really boring. So I mean, my thing was I just pivoted, but I did find that I loved doing design and I was okay at it. I was okay at like figuring out what looked good and trying to emulate that and trying to copy it and making um, graphic design and making things look nice. Uh, so I really just went hard on that part of the job the part that I really liked and that I enjoyed. And I decided my next job is gonna be a graphic design job because I wanted to explore that a little bit more. So for me, it was kind of, I, I was able to explore what I liked, what I didn't like, and I was able to kind of move forward more into the thing that I did enjoy and away from the thing that I didn't. It was more of an ex exploration for me. Of course, it was early in my career, um, but yeah, that was kind of my experience with doing things uh, post-college that I didn't like, essentially. Yeah, I, um, as far as like problem spaces that I've worked in, I actually felt really hesitant when I was considering taking the job at Flywheel, which is now WP Engine. Um, I was really hesitant because the like Flywheel's bread and butter product is managed WordPress hosting. Um, and so it was like very technical and like the, it seems like the product was for developers which felt like me as like an empathetic designer I was like I don't know that I'm going to be able to like put my head in that space um and so I, I almost like really dismissed it just because I was like I don't really like is do people even still use WordPress like I just like sort of <laughs> felt like not interested at all and then like I kind of just took it because the people there really attracted me like there were great designers there I knew I could learn from and the culture seemed really strong well known in Omaha which is where I just moved back to and so I kind of just took it but building Gross Suite the product I've been working on um, it's basically like a tool for small web agencies to be able to like do all of the things they need to do to run their business so like manage their clients as well as build websites um, and it's all that's like the whole kind of mantra of the product and so building that out and going through beta phases and like seeing like real life freelancers start to make money for themselves has been really rewarding. Um, and so 
that brings in like a human element to like this job helps like people or this product helps people do their jobs easier and so then now I'm like more interested in the product space than I was when I first started and I'm like super glad I didn't just like dismiss it and kind of just I was like well I'll take it and if I hate it there's another job out there you know which is a great place to be in our market you can kind of be picky like that and try things out well you, you kind of never know I like what both of you guys said is like sometimes you kind of don't know if you're gonna like something until you try it and I think if you're open-minded enough you can find whatever problem you're solving right like it's there's you're you can get connected to it right I think that's kind of the beauty part about the UX world is it, you're sort of forced to try to like gather some empathy around the problem space around the people that you're working with. And so when you, when you understand these are just people and like in your case, it's really cool where it's, you know, you, you could find yourself in that position as a freelance designer at some point if you chose to. And so like, it's even like you, it's it maybe not something that you realize that you would have needed, but now it is. And it's like, oh, you can really relate to the problem. Um, and so you, sometimes you just never know. Like I've, we've talked to people that, um, you know, worked at, they, they, they worked on like church management software, um, you know, for like evangelical churches and stuff and, and really didn't know if they would like it and wound up really liking it. And, you know, talk to people, you know, there's people here on my team that, you know, obviously didn't come here to like, revolutionize the accounting world <laughs> but if i feel like all of them have some kind of tie into an accountant in their life like their parent is an accountant their uncle somebody their friend and so it's like you, you everybody's like oh well okay i see the problem now and i see what they're going through and yeah you want to like you want to pitch in and try to help so as long as you're open-minded as long as as long as uh, the gold digger here is open-minded i think you can find you can find some kind of problem to be passionate about, right? I think so too. And I, I also think like for me, it's it's been a lot about feedback. So I you know I talked about my early transition from I don't want to do marketing, I'm going to do design. I, I transitioned into graphic design. I think I've told the story a little bit of times in this podcast, but um, as a graphic designer, it was great to get feedback from the com the people that you worked with. Like you show them like, here's this design. They're like, oh, this looks great. And you get immediate feedback on this and you see like there's an impact, uh, but you're, they're not your end user. They're not the person that you're really creating this for. And you never got that feedback. I never got that feedback from the people I was actually creating this for. And the feedback you get as a UX designer is way more in like it's just so much higher and it's so interesting to see how you can impact people's lives with the work you do with the design that you facilitate and that going back again to michael's point the, the fulfillment is what really gets me um, so excited about my job where as a designer i'm facilitating something that gives a solution to somebody that makes their life even just a little bit better. And they get so excited about it. They go, oh, this, this button, you moved it over here and it's amazing. It's gonna save me so much time. Or it's gonna help me do this thing so much better. And it's just crazy to see them just light up and be so excited about it. And it's not because like us as designers are total geniuses and we just come up with these things ourselves, but it's that like we, we just get to be part of that. And 
not only that, you get to work with the engineers who build it, and they're so excited to get this thing out. And when you're like hitting that button to publish it to, to the customers, it's just this great excitement, um, and a great feeling to like, like know that you built something together. It's helping people, and it's it's slowly changing in, in very small ways, changing the world. <laughs> and uh, you can you get that feedback, and sometimes the feedback is. Uh, the customers were like, this really sucks. And you're like, okay, how can I make it better for you? And sometimes the feedback is, this is really amazing. And uh, it's just, that's what got me to fall in love with this job is the, that feedback. And I get fulfillment from that for sure. And I really enjoy that. So I, I, I really wonder if this person, this anonymous listener could consider what, what it is they love or what it is they, if they haven't found it yet, I guess they should figure out what they love about some about doing work if, if if they know what that is if they haven't find, found it yet they may need to keep looking and searching for what um, they might fall in love with in terms of a career but if they do know what makes them um, be in love with it they should seek that a little bit more um, and I think chase it I think that's what gets you happy about you know waking up in the day and I don't know. I I don't. I, I mean, I would be happy not working for the rest of my life. I'm totally cool with that. But if I have to work, which I do, I would love to do something like this, where I get to solve problems, um, using creativity, um, being able to bring people's ideas together and um, make something better in small ways. Um, yeah, it's being able to help other people, right? Yeah. What we've kind of had this little internal debate with ourselves on the team here as far as, I'm gonna go off on a little tangent, but it's connected, I promise. Um, <clears throat> but it's a little internal debate about how much how, how much user research we do. And some people on the team are like, I've done more research here than I ever have in any other job. And I'm just like going, we don't do enough. You know, I'm always like, we don't do enough research. We don't talk to enough people. So I'm curious to know uh, both of your perspectives on this, where you work, like, how much research are you doing? How much? How, how much? How many customers are you talking to? Are you talking to people regularly? And and if so, how is that impacting you as, as like in your profession? Yeah, I can go. Um, so up until the acquisition with WP Engine, it was just kind of like we were all generalists and we would do our own research. And then now with WP Engine, there is like a UXR arm, um, and so that has been really awesome because it, it helps me just kind of like okay here are the things I need you to go research that are not in my like direct line of view and then when I get to those yeah. things that get prioritized I have a starting place so then I can feel a little bit more confidently like moving forward um, but prior to that like building the the product inside like a company kind of startup style um, what we did was we just found like 12 customers that we were going to have be like our external stakeholders and they basically got um, access to our beta um, and so they were like pretty critical in helping us build the product up front um, but it is like you do start to get some bias because it's like 12 people but it's better than nothing type thing like we were repeatedly talking to them um, but yeah I would say like typically like in a month's time I probably talk to like two or three customers like consistently and then depending on the project if it's like we need a lot of upfront discovery then that'll ramp up um but like me and my pm get on calls you know at least once or twice a month with customers it's pretty regularly do you find that you get do you, do you find that you get 
energy from talking to the customers like you get pumped about the project a little bit yeah it definitely feels like rewarding because uh there's like a couple customers that like stick out in my mind that i've talked to and watched them kind of grow their business with our product like there's this one guy we refer to him internally as handyman um because he like found a niche in building <laughs> handyman websites <laughs> Um, so his whole thing is he just knows what handymen need on their websites and he just like reproduces them all the time. And so he nice. went from like having two or three clients to like almost hundreds now and making like six figures, no longer a freelancer, like has hired employees. Like you really see him like build a business. And so whenever we get a chance to talk to him, I just like love it. Cause one, he loves giving feedback and it's great feedback. Um, but two, he's like a success story. So it, it feels energizing for sure. Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Andy? Do you yeah, ever talk to it. people? <laughs> I, I do um, uh, often talk to people, Patrick. Uh, so yeah, at Adobe, we, we do have a really great uh, research team. Uh, they're always you know, working on lots of stuff as well. And so I really like to be involved in a lot of the research I do for my projects. Um, so I do involve them in terms of feedback and all that sort of stuff, but I, I mainly, you know, run a lot of my research personally because I love the research part so much. Um, and it's such a, it's one of my favorite parts. Uh, talking to customers really helps my designs get so much better and really helps everybody around me, like just know what the real problem is. So yeah, we, we are often talking to people and doing, um, lots and lots of research, um, on our projects. Um, I just finished running like a, one of a, a beta program for one of our um, upcoming releases. And that was just really fun. We, we got on calls with customers every week. We had them like fill out surveys and then get on calls with us and just like complain about what's wrong with the, the thing. Also tell us what's working for them. So it was just really awesome to talk to customers. And it's uh, to answer your question, it's very energizing because it really gets everybody excited that what we're doing is valuable. What we're doing um, really helps people. And it's also at the same time exhausting because listening so much is uh, mentally very exhausting. So getting off of like lots of research calls or just talking to customers is like, you just, I got to take a break <laughs> all the time. Um, but it's, it's so great to do it and to get that information and to just get their, that feedback from them. It's huge. And it's, again, my favorite part of the design process. Um, but it, it is very exhausting. It's not easy stuff. Yeah. But see, I think that's where, that's where in our world, right? Like we, we design something up, we work on it, we go through this whole process, we do all this kind of stuff and then we release it. And when we release it, it kind of like goes out. Like we don't really, like when we release it, you don't really see anything. And we've had this issue like with people on my team before where it's like, and in my personal experience, where it's like you release it and you never hear anything from anybody. So then you're kind of like, oh, great. Like, well, I must suck at my job if I don't hear anything. But I think it's it's almost this weird sort of, it's backwards than what it should be. Like if you release something and you hear a bunch of stuff, right? You probably didn't do your job so great. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the angry people are coming at you going through customer support or whatever, being like, why can't I access this? Why can't I do this? And sometimes that's just part of change, but um, but I think sometimes you release something, you don't hear anything, and then you have to just slowly look at adoption numbers and you slowly look at some data and you start to realize that people are using it 
And it's almost like that's when you know that you did a really incredible job because people don't really know that you changed something or added something or sometimes people don't see the value because it works so efficiently, right? That it's like they don't really see the value that that you added with, you know, six months of research and design and testing or whatever. And so I feel like in our job, it's it's almost you have to go out and talk to customers. Like you have to go out and talk to people on a regular basis, even if it's only one or two a month. Right. It's like just hearing their experience and getting their excitement. Like you talked about with like handyman, right? Like getting that his level of energy gets totally transferred to you. And I feel like every other job I've worked, I've worked uh, a lot of jobs. Um, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this in the podcast, but I think, I think before design, like I did like 20 jobs or something. Like yeah. I did a bunch of, I did so much shit. Um, but, uh, I, I look back on it and all the jobs that I really enjoyed out of that set, you know, out of all the jobs that I had were all jobs where I had like an immediate impact with the person that, you know, like everything from being like a lift operator at a ski resort to repairing copy machines. Like there was an instant gratification for me. Like when I repaired the copy machine, the people in the office were happy to the point of like, embarrassingly getting claps from the office workers. Like you'd like leave and they'd be clapping. They'd be standing up at their desk clapping, you know, especially like these like title firms and stuff. So you, I mean, it's like you'd get that instant gratification. I think that's one thing that I struggled with a lot early on in my career is I didn't know how to get that same fulfillment that I had in those other jobs until I started talking to customers, like actually like sitting down with customers and talking to them about their experience. Right. And then you'd and then you'd realize, yeah, you get a lot of their problems and their complaints, but you also see what you're doing is making it an impact. And I feel like Gold Digger here, uh, I want to say this has got to be this feels like a Kanye West question, and he's he's a gold digger as we all know. So I wonder if this is him. But if this is Kanye, I think what you need to do, uh, yay, is you need to go out and talk to customers, um, like. Because all of your job just like goes to that point, right? And if you're not out actually talking to customers, then like you would realize like, what's the point? What am I doing here? Am I just designing stuff for a developer to build or, you know, what am I doing here? So, um, which I think is different than like what my experience with the graphic design world was is you just kind of, you really did throw it out there and nobody really like were people impacted? I never knew because I never talked to them because I didn't know who they were. I didn't know yeah. anything about them. Um, so I don't know. That's I think true. it's very unique in our industry. But. I think I think either you go talk to customers or, holy crap, you become a copy repairman because I have never gotten a standing <laughs> ovation for doing my job before, and that sounds incredible. So, not many people can say that for their job that they get freaking standing ovations after they finish. Dude, yeah, and it's super easy. You just go out with, with some rubber roller cleaner, clean up the little <laughs> rubber rollers inside the machine, and then you leave like you're freaking Jesus, dude. It's amazing. <laughs> Until it breaks again, and then you're the worst person in the world. But <laughs> Job security, because all copiers, all printers are just the worst machines known to man. They're just, I hate all of them so much. <laughs> So it's there's job security and you get standing ovations. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't know why you and ever left, Patrick. If you're like a single dude, I always wish that I always wish this is gonna get really weird for a second. But if you're <laughs> if you're a single dude and you're repairing copy machines, um, I think it would be a fantastic job because not only not only would you be getting standing ovations, but 
then you could turn around and be like, so what's your number, ma'am? Like, <laughs> like you could you could totally capitalize on it, but that's sorry. <laughs> I was always married, so that never made that never. I was always jealous, but <laughs> anyway, anyway, I digress. <laughs> I think that's solid career advice. <laughs> um, I don't even know if people do people use copy machines anymore. Like. I don't know. Maybe they do. They still a title company, probably. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> yeah, Patrick, go ask your accounting customers. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they still use them. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there you go. Just talk to your customers, <laughs> then you'll know. Exactly. <laughs> 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 um, I do. I was kind of like thinking of something while you guys were talking, like in reference to the gold digger comment. Um, cause I growing up was like a punk rock kid and all my friend, a lot of my friends are in bands and have been like trying to like, they've moved to Nashville and like done that grind, like trying to make their dreams come true. And I kind of went this like safe, stable tech route, you know, had a few <laughs> curve balls thrown in the way, but like eventually landed in this space. Um, and it's really funny when I talk to my friends that are like out there chasing their dreams, you know, like the opposite of a gold digger um and they talk to me and like they're just like so jealous of my stability and when I talk to them I'm like man your life sounds like so fun and fascinating you have all this like freedom um and so I think that that sometimes it's almost like you need to like reflect and be like is this just like a grass is greener feeling or mm -hmm. do I really feel this way and like maybe that means like taking six months away from UX design and coming back if, if you miss it um, or exploring other options like I, I don't think it's ever too late to just be like nope I'm stuck here and I mean it, not everyone can afford to do that like quality of life is definitely a thing and if you're used to a certain income like that can be challenging but I do think just like reflecting on why you you hate it <laughs> is a good good place to start <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's such a really good point. Um, I, I definitely can see that. Like, yeah, you you look at all these people that like, I don't know, out there living the hashtag van life. <laughs> You're yeah. like having to sign into your job every day. Um, but maybe, maybe, yeah, they just want to live that way and you want to live your way. So I think it's really important to understand what it is you really want out of your career. Uh, do you want that flexibility? Do you want to have stability? <laughs> Just like you said, Michael, that's a really great point. So I think you you really need to do some soul searching, Anonymous. You need to, Mr. Gold Digger, Mr. and Mrs. Gold Digger, you should do some soul searching, I think. Take some time off. Go go look off into the sunset a little bit. <laughs> Write down a list of what it is you want out of life. <laughs> I think to your point too, uh, Mikey, like UX design is probably in the tech world, it's probably the most punk rock thing you could do. Like, it's still far away, but at the same point, like, I think, I think, because I'm the same way, but I grew up, yeah, I grew up punk rock kid, wanted to be in a band, all that stuff. And uh, when I discovered UX design, I felt like I'm not the business guy. I'm the guy, I'm the guy fighting for the user, you know? Like, PM, he's the business guy. I still have, like, like a deep hatred toward PMs. Like, like, projecting on them as being like the business people <laughs> like they're the corporate -y business people and yeah. then the engineers are like the, the the techie people so it's like they're the ones that are like ruining 
ruining software and I'm the one that's like this is all made up in my head just give me you know to give me wake up in the morning but I'm like I'm the one defending the little guy like I'm the one defending the user like so yeah to your point like I think I think you're still I think you still I think the punk rock mentality is still there for you it's yeah. just it's just it's it's moved into a different area and if you're like me every morning just wake up feeling like you're you know you're the only good one in this space and you're attacking the place yeah definitely. <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> Well, I think there are companies out there that kind of like adopt that mentality too. like, I think Shopify, like one of their core values is like arm the rebels because they like give small yeah. businesses the ability to like do e-commerce. And so like, I think you can find places that like align to your belief systems for sure. It's just, it could be a grind getting there. Yeah. Startups are definitely more that way too. I think that's what, uh, that's why startups appeal to me more is because you do, I've always, my analogy is always like a pirate ship, right? You feel like you're, you're this small little thing trying to like get into a big space. I think that's probably why I like working at Canopy so much in, in the vertical we're in, because the accounting world is, the accounting world, the rest of the accounting world is just a bunch of Ronald Reagans. That's all they are. And so we're coming in like, like the new, you know, we're going to disrupt everything and we're going to tear down the old system. And so like, I feel like it's, I, I feel like there's always a little bit of that in here. And yeah, startups are like that tremendously, right? You're always like trying to figure out how to how you can how you can disrupt a market or whatever. And that's very, you know, it's it's a very punk rock type mentality to have, I think. And if you don't have it, you're not that successful usually at startups. So I don't know. It is interesting. It is interesting. I've met a lot of people, honestly, who are UX designers that come from kind of that same background whether whether they were musicians or just like me that just really liked the scene you know it's like I feel like I feel like we show up here in the UX world somehow like oddly <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> I do have to give a shout out to the CEO of WP Engine because I've bonded with her several times uh, in the 90s she went to Guar concerts a lot <laughs> and that is my favorite yes. fact about her <laughs> <laughs> that oh so much respect if you can survive a guar concert let alone multiples right. like you're a better you're a better human than the rest of us <laughs> is is that where we should be doing our recruiting in this space patrick like when, when you're looking for a new designer do you hang out at punk rock concerts or what do you do to find guar, the, yeah, the misfits <laughs> you you go backstage at a guar concert right <laughs> Um, I don't know if you've I don't know if you've been to a Guar concert, Andy, but I can't. No, I can't. Um, they have these monster creatures that eat people from the audience. So, what you do is you you it's very performative. You wait backstage. Yeah, <laughs> you wait backstage until one of the monsters eats one of the members, one of the audience members, and then that's where you start your interview process. Sounds fun to me. Yeah, do you do you do you want to change the, the accounting world or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're covered in fake blood. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. I would go to that hiring interview. I know. That's great. Yeah, that would be the best interview ever. <laughs> it really it really like it really like uh, you know, weed out the, the people that don't want to be a part of it, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Patrick, I remember at Canopy, we used to always ask people that we were interviewing if they were Taylor Swift fans or Katy Perry fans, 
I think we're asking the wrong question, right? We're asking him pop music. We they should, should have been, been asking him. Oh man, we really messed that up. Should have asked him harder questions, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What are you? What are you, Mikey? Taylor Swift? Or... I can't remember if we asked you that question or not. No, we did not. <laughs> um. It's less. It's less valid these days because they're friends now. Yeah. Can I choose so Miley fun. Cyrus? Yeah. Dang. Is that loud? <laughs> yeah, you can. And see, that's yeah. that's the most punk rock thing you would say. Okay. Um, <laughs> is screw the rest of them. I'm going with Miley Cyrus, the most punk rock pop person that we have. But yeah, yeah you're so you'd, you'd win. You'd win that one. <laughs> I do work with a Maybe lot. Maybe that of was the problem back then. What was that? I work with a lot of Swifties, and so I would probably answer Taylor Swift because I know more <laughs> via them about her. Then I do Katy Perry these days. Like, I know she judges American Idol or one of the talent shows. And that's about all that yeah. I know about Katy Perry these days. I like that. You work with a bunch of Swifties. My whole entire team is a bunch of freaking Swifties. And sometimes it's super annoying. <laughs> but... If you talk to Adam Treybold, he is a huge Taylor Swift guy. Oh, so keep that in mind. Andy, when we get him on the show, we'll just we'll just bring up a topic that's all Taylor Swift. Oh, he'll love it. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> did we did we solve Kanye's problem then? Uh, yeah, I think Kanye should be good to go. <laughs> do you think he'll be happy now and he won't pick on Pete Davidson anymore? Uh, I don't know about that. That's that's. I don't think that's going to stop. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just get him talk to some people and relax a little bit, you know? Maybe do some focus grouping. Like, yeah, how do you feel about my, my petty comments about this dude on the online? <laughs> Give me some feedback. Yeah, that might actually help. I think that's a good call. Do you think that'll work? If he's capable of empathy, I think so. <laughs> ah, that's, that's the big... That's the big conundrum, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on the pod and talking talking about a topic with us. It's fun. Yeah, this was really fun. It was nice. I know the listeners can't see your faces, but it's great to see your faces and catch up. It's been a minute. It yeah, sure it's has. nice to see you outside of Twitter or LinkedIn. You know, little yeah. tiny image. Definitely. You're like a bigger image now, but it's you're talking and you're interacting now. Yeah. And then maybe someday, maybe someday we'll fly out to to your place and and actually see see in person for real. Yeah. yeah. Omaha Omaha's a cool place. Come check it out. We got lots of punk yeah. out oh, here. Got lots of ton, tons of punk out there. Plus you get you're the home of 311. Yeah, exactly. You should come on <laughs> March 11th on 311. We can go to some yeah. weird places. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Okay. Well, let's go pick a plan. <laughs> see you guys. On that note, see, see y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod. Real quick before you take off, we need your topics. Shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org slash contact and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, 
really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.